Hey y'all, I'm back with another bonus episode, and this time we're going to discuss Young and the Restless, General Hospital, and a little bit of Bold and the Beautiful, so I'm excited. So we're going to go ahead and jump in and start with Young and the Restless. So Faith's storyline, what is Jordan's end goal here? Why is she messing with Faith, and why is Faith so desperate for her friendship? There's got to be someone else who will make her jump through hoops and are cold and disappointed when you know they don't complete what they want like I'm just over it I'm ready for that storyline to wrap up and be exposed hit its climax all of that I hate that Chelsea's story is turning into Adam's story specifically I hate that it's giving him another reason to brood and whine like I think we had enough of that with the AJ Montalvo story Phyllis nailed it though when she said had Adam not been watching Sharon's wedding sorry Sharon's wedding he could have helped Chelsea and honestly truly that's the truth he looks so sad and pathetic watching her wedding by the way but anyways I hate you know how Billy and Amanda only interact now when it comes to business they've stripped them not only of romantic possibilities but the core foundation their connection their friendship and I'm removing my Millie bias here I just don't like the destruction of friendship period We need those on every show. Real, R-E-E-L, as in TV life, needs to recognize the importance of friendships. They can be just as interesting. And also, men and women can exist as just friends as well. They don't have to be paired. So I just hate that they've just stripped them everything. Um, But like I said, all of that from friendships to men and women friendships needs to be emphasized on soaps. But just thinking again to just Billy and Amanda and now Billy's relationship with Lily, if the writers need to distance and dull down and rip away Billy and Amanda's connection to prop Billy and Lily so bad, yikes, that says a lot. But uh, yeah, Summer mentioned Sally laying it on thick, and that's what they have Billy doing with Lily, acting like she's some savior, some person who understands him on a deeper level, like, what? I'll get to that later, but stop with the old stuff. Stop with the retread. Billy and Lily were done already. And also, I see some Billy, you know, as in Victoria and Billy teases here. Stop with that, too. You know, the show is kind of dry right now and stale. It needs to be spiced up and freshened. And speaking of, I'm so over Nikki and the rest of the family's attitude towards Adam. Let that man, let Victor be Adam's father. They are bonded, and you can't change that. The way Nikki's nose is, you know, the day that Nikki's nose is lowered five inches will be the day I rejoice. I'm just over the snooty, all high and mighty. Just go on somewhere with that. Elena mentioning Nate's specialty or skill in stroke recovery. I thought it was in something else. Nate has a thousand specialties, it seems. But let Amanda try and dip her toe into the criminal law field and everyone has a problem. And again, from experience, you do study it as part of your overall studies. It was a part of my curriculum when I briefly attended. So just keep that in mind. But yeah, I just had to point that out because since he's been on the show, Nate's been said to have specialties in so many different areas. It's like a running joke at this point. But, you know, one thing I did peep was that Devon said Amanda always has a family member in him. And that sounds like friend zoning to me, which doesn't bother me. But then following up with a scene of him daydreaming of her undressing is weird, you know, after that statement. And it's also weird, especially after him fantasizing about Elena recently. The writers can't tease everything. 
And in fact, they've done too much, you know, teasing across the board with various couples. Earlier, you know, last year, you had some teasing briefly between Kyle and Lola when they were texting. They teased Shadam. They're teasing Demanda, which is Devon and Amanda. They're teasing, or they did tease an Elevon reunion. But, you know, you're not going to make every base happy. You just have to do what makes sense. You have to do what's cohesive. And yeah, you do need to listen to your audience and follow the most popular sentiment when you can, but also be open to changing the tide gently, of course, if needed. One thing I want to say, I knew Naya wasn't going to show. Amanda was too happy. And I didn't expect her half-sister to really show up at her door. I will say that, though. But uh, I would have chewed her out before she could have finished the word mother. I get being protective, but she likes cooth, and she was just so rude. But Amanda tightened up with her and told her girl to chill with her threats. And she checked her with facts. And that's why I love Amanda. She's strong. She's sweet. She's smart, quick, and still vulnerable at the same time. In that moment, she also showcased her talent as a lawyer. She dished out quick, fact-based questions that her half-sister couldn't verify or answer. And that, with a reasonable person, would make them think and create doubt. But uh, obviously, that was clearly brief. And I cannot wait until her half-sister is sitting there with egg all over her face about being wrong. And, you know... But if things went smoothly, it wouldn't be a soap. Elena, though, she was definitely hurt when Devon said maybe this is the way that things are supposed to be. But it's not. You know, at first I wanted Elate. And I've said that on the show several times. But now, since, you know, the breakup, Elena's played games with Nate. Like, she acted very standoffish like she didn't want him. And then she only did when she saw, I think, what, I mean, Devon with Amanda. So she just played games. And that just kind of dulled them. But now it's like I see more sparkles than ever between Elena and Devon. So now I want to live on um, reunited. And, you know, I would want Billy and Amanda. But Billy's praise of Lily when she's not been a major player in his life like Amanda. And just the removal of the softness from their interactions with Amanda has just temporarily soured me. I hate Billy and Lily. And it, to me, it's just so superficial, you know. And there is no real build like we saw with Billy and Amanda. And even if they throw the heaviest axe at a Millie, nothing will help that pairing. And by that pairing, I mean Billy and Lily. I'd just rather Billy be alone. And honestly, at this point, he should be. And with Nate, like I said, I think that he should explore medicine more on the show. Show him being more hands-on with Chelsea's recovery and doing more in the medical field as a whole. But I do want to say, reference to Nate, okay, he was looking good. I could sign Elena's bomb chick a womp when he was shirtless, for sure. But uh, yeah, I'm fine with Amanda right now being on her own journey. She has the most interesting story and she deserves the most. Oh, and when her claws came out discussing her sister's threats, when Chaiwood Devon, the Hillary came out and my heart just like sparked and jumped a little bit. But I'm glad that she's showing up on the doorstep to Naya and I can't wait to see what happens next. So that wraps up all my thoughts on Young and the Restless and now I'm going to shift to General Hospital. So Alexis, Ava, and Nicholas, was she right about them? I mean, possibly. I'm trying to think. I mean, I love Nava together, but I do think at some point it might fizzle. And I mean, they did come together in such a talk like a toxic craze love type of way. And you know, that whole speech with Alexis about craze love, I felt that. Like there's people that, you know, they aren't good for me, but I've been drawn to them because of the passion, the chemistry, the intensity. But that's not what makes a long-standing, loving foundation and couple for the long haul, you know? 
And I don't have to say, like, I said I don't like Drunk Alexis and I don't because she's rude. But sometimes she's more introspective and smart than she normally is. So I don't know. Now, I want to debate because I saw it on the timeline and I saw it on, you know, different forums. The kidnapping of Florence Gray and how I feel about that. So ethically if i'm speaking just from an ethical standpoint it's wrong she's a frail old woman who needs treatment and health and safety but bringing in all the context from the show cyrus has messed with everyone he's messed with children so what makes him immune from his weak point being exposed you know all is fair they say is in love and war and they're at war so all is fair and here he goes threatening laura's mother so really Am I supposed to feel sorry for him? Like, I don't. And I won't. And like Laura told him, like, they're taking good care of Florence, so she's fine. But, you know, her being used as a pawn, it sucks. But when you are a mobster and you're living an unethical life, how can you expect ethics? And I, like, there's just no code. Like, despite what they say, there's no code in honor. You're a mobster. You do illegal things. Like, there's no code to respect here. So for that, just some of my thoughts, I'm fine with what Carly did. You know, Cyrus has done so much that I can't feel sorry for him. If Cyrus never targeted Trina or TJ or other or threatened Laura's mother, then it might be different. But he's done such reckless stuff, you know, since he's been on board. So shifting gears and thinking about Liesl. So temporarily right now, I'm mad at her. Um, I knew she probably had an idea of how Dr. Kurt manipulated Dante, but to see her doing the same is sick. Like I said, manipulating mental health is sick and disgusting and wrong. And I hate Peter just as much as Liesl. Listen, I feel the character is unneeded, choose scenery, screen time, and has temporarily ruined characters in close proximity. But I just don't want the storyline or his downfall to start in such a messed up way, you know? And speaking of Liesl again, I just want to say that, you know, I did enjoy, like I said, I'm mad at her, but I did enjoy the mother and daughter reunion. It was a sweet moment. And I have a soft spot for both of them, especially Britt. I don't know. After she got paired with Nicholas that time, I became a huge fan of hers. I don't know. But yeah, so just shifting gears and thinking about Nina, she needs to leave Valentine alone. He can't be her vent buddy or her sounding board. You're done. So be done. Go when you leave. Don't use him for your needs or just use him in period or just go to him only when it's fitting for you. Let that man go. It's not fair if you choose to be with Jax. You can't have your cake and eat it too. And those are my thoughts on that. When Martin said he's going to do whatever it takes to find his mother, I just question, will we see his dark side come out? After all, he and Cyrus grew up in the same home and they were raised and born to the same parents. So it could be there. Jordan finally standing up to Cyrus and drawing the parallel between TJ's kidnapping and Florence's, that made her the most interesting she's been in years, especially since the recast. I screamed when Nicholas said to Kevin's face that Ryan should be in chummed water. Like, that Cassidine is popping out. And it was also like, day, and like, you gonna say that about his brother to his face? But he did. You know, I just want to say, and... I'm like I root for Chase and Willow but I have to say just overall with the choir right now the secret of Chase and Sasha and their lie it fell flat like there was no impact from that being revealed and I hate it and the quad right now it's boring and it's confusing now that it's so fractured you know 
some things you should leave alone and I think that should have been left alone and leave things as it was and I giggled another moment that I enjoyed um this week was when Laura referred to putting Cyrus in solitary as good times like Jeannie delivered that well and you know I have to say about casting y'all they just really casted anyone as Tagger they didn't even try he doesn't even match you know the original Tagger skin tone but I'm glad to hear the news that Rial Andrews is back on the way and we will get the real Tagger back soon you know not Cyrus calling Leslie a tramp honey like what a messy moment Cyrus is pathetic and misogynistic and I'm so tired of him lying in people's faces you know you have stuff to do with you know you told Julian to plant that bomb like I get you have to deny it for legal purposes but the constant denial and the fierceness of it like sir stop but you know <laughs> Leslie's saying oh that married father or that married man I was like oh was Cyrus right I guess he wasn't wrong but at the same time that modern lens that Cyrus was being condescending and mocking is accurate power differentials they are real and they must be acknowledged imbalances the relationship and creates the predatory nature so that has to be said I know on the board some said they didn't see it but I did see chemistry between Sam and Dante and I wouldn't be mad if they got together I would be open to them he's a family man and once he gets deprogrammed they could work but you know he mentioned bro code with Nathan and Peter and I just wonder if he'll violate his own sort of you know bro code if he goes after Sam but I don't know if it'll happen some people weren't well a lot of people weren't pleased with that Kim test so I don't know if it'll be but also I did wonder when they mentioned sharing a brother as in Leo which I totally forgot about um would that make it awkward I don't know I'll still like to see it it's not quite B&B level of close incestuous ties but yeah speaking to B&B bold and the beautiful I'll share a few thoughts on three episodes that I've seen from about a week ago um so I'm gonna just put it out there that I am behind you know, I felt that Ridge needed to grow a spine. There's no reason for him to beg Brooke to let Thomas say, yes, you need to listen to your partner, take their thoughts into consideration, but that's his son. You know, and I've been away from the show for a while, but from what I gather, Thomas had a brain tumor and he had surgery or something and he needs to recover. Listen, Brooke doesn't owe Thomas her forgiveness or owe him kindness. However, as she decides to continue to be with Ridge, she has to accept what that entails and what come with that. And that includes his son. So either do that or move on, you know. But I see she eventually folded and let him stay. I see there's a new Zende. I'll just leave my comment at that. <laughs> I like that Zoe's sister is in the social work field. And I hope Bold and Beautiful truly takes it and runs with it. It's a chance to do a refresh on a show that can be repetitive. And I see so far that they're creating a foundation. I want to see them actively work on it on screen, not just talking and holding and shuffling papers. I want them to display it as fully and accurately as possible, of course, on a show. And you know what I think? I think that Perry should live in Daisy's old apartment above that restaurant or cafe, whatever it was. And like I said, I want them to showcase the hard work that social workers do. And they could even find a way to turn it into a special like they did with Skid Row. And they mentioned social justice and they could show what grassroots organizations do on a basic level. And I know they probably won't, though. But, you know, I know they aren't the show that will rock the boat and tackle meaty subjects. But I just thought I'd throw that out there anyways. But one thing they could do is have force to create and give away on-screen clothes to kids who may be without. And it can inspire an official kids line with either Steffi or Hope. Probably the latter if it doesn't exist already. 
there's a way to make things work and intertwine things and this will bring together important work and fashion which needs to be stronger like it was in the heyday of the show but remember i have stepped away for a while so if anything has happened like any of this just remember that i stopped watching before kelly was born okay but i came back to chat with you guys and, you know, I want to say I'm interested to see why Zoe is acting the way she is in reference to Pierce. I haven't watched much of Zoe, so I don't know what her character is like or wholly about. But right now, she seems selfish and like an unsupported sister. She also seems fake. But, you know, she may also know her sister better than we do. But I hate the harping on age. She kept mentioning how Pierce is so young. Zoe is still young herself and inexperienced plus young people they do have things to offer and are capable of more than others think and you can learn from younger people even kids and what I will say about Zoe shifting to her relationship Carter and Zoe they feel wrong he just feels predatory even though she's grown and it, he also just feels desperate. You know, they've never known what to do with Carter and how to use that character for stuff other than legal papers or weddings. I'm glad that he's a COO now and that's good. But this pairing, this isn't good. It's not a good route. Bring on a woman just for him around his age and just slowly build up to a love story. And regarding mannequin use on the show, shout out to the cast, especially Carter, the actor who plays Carter, and Thomas and the actor who plays Thomas for giving it their best. I know they probably never expected to do that on the show. But yeah, I see that Liam slept with Steffi. So, you know, neither love story to me was done well. I mean, even from the beginning, I don't think either one of them was done well. Some would argue that the Hope and Liam or the Lope story was done well, but I don't know. Steffi feared way too much and was able to. So to me, that means it wasn't done well. Um, and I say that again for Steam as well. Steffi and Liam, their love story wasn't the best either when it started. And at this point, they are both charred and ruined. You know, at this point, both women look bad still tolerating that mess of a man. And I'm tired of him turning to Steffi and I'm tired of her letting him. And I say this as a former Steam fan. Women have to love, you know, ourselves and we have to move on from situations and people that no longer serve us. She'll always have to deal with him because of Kelly, but she can firmly and forever impose things called, drum roll please, boundaries. <laughs> but yeah, Liam's guilt does nothing for me, so I'm just going to leave that there. Something I found funny, Hope putting on a hat to go to the main house. Like, why, girl? You're just about to walk up to another house on the same property. Why are you putting on a hat like you're about to go walk down a runway or head out to somewhere fancy? One thing I also did want to point out, um, on a superficial note, I'm not mad at that shirtless fin scene. A little eye candy never hurt anyone. But I also want to point out, and there was a scene with that caterer. I love seeing more people of color on TV, but let me tell you about the subtle microaggressions. The caterer's makeup was off. They didn't match her shape properly. And as people are trained to do this for a living and for a large entity like Viacom CBS, they can. They just don't want to. And that's the problem. Her face was four times darker than her neck. Fenty Beauty has 50 shades that exist that could cover anyone's, you know, shade. They could have chosen to go that route. And this is a reoccurring problem across TV. And I see it on GH2, too. So, yeah, that wraps up all of my thoughts on the Young and the Restless, General Hospital, and Bold and the Beautiful. I'll be back in another, what, two weeks to just share my thoughts on the show with you all. Please tweet me your thoughts, anything that I missed, anything you want to elaborate on, anything you agree with, and I'll love to hear it.
All right. Thank you so much. And I'll see y'all again soon.